0: VLGA Connect Summer Series Best of Connection continues. I hope you're enjoying our look back on some of the most watched and most talked about episodes of our 2021 season. One of the most watched occurred in June when I spoke with Shane Lucas, the CEO of the Victorian Responsible Gambling Foundation, about the work of the foundation with local government and the VLGA and responding to a VAGO audit of its operations it is my pleasure to welcome to a special conversation on vlga connect today shane lucas the CEO of the Victorian Responsible Gambling Foundation. Shane, welcome to the program.
1: Good morning, Chris, and thanks for uh, for having me uh, having me on. It's a really good opportunity, I think, to talk to uh, our partners and friends in the local government uh, sector about our issues.
0: Really appreciate you being here. We wanted to explore a bit about what the foundation is all about, your relationship with the VLGA, which is a very strong one. But I guess first off, I wouldn't mind just hearing your thoughts on the current uh, commission into, uh, into the casino because you've been involved in that process,
1: I gather? Yes, look, we, we have, Chris. It's been a, a very a very busy time for many people in the uh, the world of, of obviously those in the casino environment, but for persons outside in the research community for our own role as a statutory authority of government with a, a clear remit around gambling harm. Uh, it's It's been a really good opportunity to talk to the Royal Commission um, about gambling harm, about what gambling harm looks like, to try and change the The paradigm a little bit about how people think about uh, the costs and the benefits of gambling activity and also responsible gambling which is a name that's or words that are embedded in the title of my own organization but we would really like to have a different conversation with the community about what we understand responsibility to be uh, because at the foundation we take a public health approach uh, to gambling harm and really want to try and elevate that notion of responsibility from not just being about the individual, but to looking at the places in which gambling is delivered and the products uh, that are in front of people, because the research is really clear. Some products are inherently uh, potentially more dangerous uh, and addictive than others. So, look, it's been been a wonderful opportunity. The Commissioner clearly interprets uh, one of his terms of reference is to look at the public interest Uh, in terms of whether Crown Resorts should continue to operate a licence in Victoria. Uh, He, as Commissioner, has interpreted public interest to very much include, uh, what is this provider doing about gambling harm and is it doing enough? And, and what's the research? And we've been able to hopefully assist the Commission with providing him with a really good sense of the evidence base.
0: So you were indicating to me before we uh, started recording that you weren't sure how open that process was going to be to your input, but I gather you've been pleasantly surprised.
1: Look, we have. I think when we first saw the, the terms of reference, it was very focused on the issues that had come out of the Bergen report in New South Wales, which was obviously around... Uh, you know, accusations of criminality, money laundering, etc., various other activities that have been conducted in the casino. Um, and whilst that's still also been very much a focus of um, Mr Finkelstein's um, considerations, he really wanted to have a conversation about harm from gambling, problem gambling, gambling addiction. And he made that very clear, I think, in his first public statements the day or so after the commission opened. Um, he's also wanted to talk about culture, within the organisation at Crown. And whilst that's not our remit, um, it is pertinent, the the culture of an organisation and therefore how it chooses to address and implement its code of conduct, how it implements its responsible service of, of gaming activity and how it looks to intervene with people experiencing gambling harm, I think there's a causal link between the culture of an organisation and then how it chooses to, to protect its patrons and its consumers.
0: Shane, how significant do you think the work that you've been doing for some time with the VLGA and more broadly local government has been in helping you to respond in a more meaningful way to this opportunity?
1: Look, I think it's given us a real line of sight into you know, one of the, the, the core parts of our community that is called upon to to think about gambling, um, to think about the costs of gambling as well as the benefits. So when local governments are considering applications from, you know, local pubs and clubs for more pokies, um, they can obviously see that there's potentially benefits at a local level for that, there's, there's employment opportunities, there's the creation of social spaces, you know, these are positives. Um, on the other hand, there's also a lot of research that suggests pokies particularly are amongst the most uh, dangerous gambling product and that a lot of harm is associated with pokies and especially when those pokies are potentially going into LGAs which are you know a little lower on the social the safer index or uh, in peri-urban areas without other resources necessarily and, and activities around them there's definitely some very strong evidence about harm associated so for us, through the partnership with the VLGA, we've been able to address one of our core legislative uh, remits, which is to provide information to the community uh, about gambling harm and to support community uh, discussions with the Victorian commission for gambling and liquor regulation. So it's a really important partnership for us which we've now had in place I think since about 2017 and is currently funded out to the, the middle of 2023.
0: What's your observation of how local government has uh, I, I guess how its response to these issues has changed over time because my sense it's become a much more mature conversation in recent years.
1: I think that's probably a fair a fair assessment. I mean a lot of the um <clears throat> a lot of the driver for discussion of gambling harm in our community clearly comes through the Alliance for Gambling Reform. And they're a very different organisation to us. They're a non-government organisation. They've probably got a stronger view about whether gambling is, is good or bad. We don't really take a view about, you know, gambling being good or bad. We take a view about the harm that can be associated with gambling and how to best address that. Mm. But obviously the Alliance has been uh, funded and grown on the support of local governments over a number of years. So that's been, I think, a core of driving that conversation probably over a couple of decades. But I do think in more recent time, um, there's a growing level of sophistication about understanding how can you address these matters appropriately through the commission process, through the application process for new machines. And again, how do you get the balance right between the economic development opportunities that new venues can provide in a community versus the potential harm that can come from those same venues?
0: We're at that time in the political cycle of the electoral cycle for uh, probably a better way of putting it for councils where they're developing their public health plans alongside yeah. their council plans. Do you see councils taking the opportunity to address these issues that you're talking about in a in a in a new and uh, perhaps. Um, more focused way this time around?
1: Look, I think, in, I think increasingly so. And, you know, we've, we've worked closely with a number of councils through the BLGA um, in the development of public health and wellbeing plans that do incorporate an understanding of harm from gambling and all the associated comorbidities that so frequently sit with harm from gambling, such as mental health, alcohol and drug addiction, family violence, social isolation. I mean, these things uh, are so frequently bounded up together. Um, I think there's probably now maybe 25 or more councils that do have a specific discussion of harm from gambling in their public health and wellbeing plan. Uh, In the most recent state government public health and wellbeing plan, uh, we managed to get gambling in there, Chris. We don't quite have it in there as much as we'd like and we'll continue to have that conversation at the state level as well. Don't really have the Department of Health also understand if you're talking about wellbeing, talking about public health, You need to see gambling harm through a public health lens.
0: I think you're also taking a particular look at growth areas and how they're responding to these issues. That must be a a challenging space to keep up with as uh, you know, uh, typically the growth of infrastructure, services, lags, the, the growth of population, etc. And, of course, you've got this issue sitting off to the side. How are you dealing with that?
1: Well, look, we certainly give a lot of information to uh, the Victorian Commission for Gaming and Liquor Regulation when they're looking at new applications within those peri-urban areas because clearly the, the, the losses in places like Whittlesey, uh, in places like Hume, in places like Brimbank, Uh, you know, they're very significant at a statewide level. So, you know, something's happening there, Chris, I would argue. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think a bit of that is about the lack of other uh, resources and activities and things for people to frankly do sometimes in those spaces. Um, And one of the programs we've rolled out over the last few years that started in Moreland and Darabin but has escalated outside of that is Libraries After Dark, which, Mm. you know, a very simple idea, provide another alternative, provide another social space, especially for older people or isolated people, so that they have somewhere to go that's not the pokies venue. Um, but, But palpably, I think, as you point out, where services sometimes lag in these outer urban areas and social isolation then particularly becomes a problem, a pokies venue is a place to go. And, and I, don't, I never underestimate, even whilst I think, you know, the evidence is clear that a lot of harm comes from pokies in those venues. There's also a lot of social interaction that's really important to people. And we saw through uh, the, the pandemic last year, that, you know, shutting those venues overnight for eight months. Um, Might have had some positives for some people. They couldn't go into the, the venue and, and gamble probably had some real negatives for them also in increasing their sense of social isolation
0: um we should talk about the recent vargo audit uh i know that you've accepted all of the recommendations what's your take on the learnings that came from that process for you
1: look i think whenever an auditor knocks on your door you start to get a little anxious chris (laughs) in any uh, in any government agency uh as i say we've accepted all eight of those recommendations we think Probably three or four of those recommendations were things, frankly, that we we knew and that we were able to spend a good, we ended up, the audit process ended up being about six months longer because of the pandemic. Yeah. And that, in many respects, was a real unintention, unintentional positive because it meant we were able to build a really good relationship with the auditors, talk to them about the things that we understood we needed to do, like the development of an outcomes framework so we can describe the outcomes of our work and not just the the throughputs, which is always a challenge in in a government agency. Uh, A really good recommendation there about encouraging the Department of Health, the Department of um, uh, Families, something else in housing, never quite remember that new acronym, um, and the Department of Justice and Community Safety to work with the foundation to get better integration, better data sharing. Uh, And a couple of other recommendations where I don't know exactly whether Vago got it quite right, Um, but they're also been clear to us, look, you know, these are the recommendations, you've accepted them. That also means if over the next 12 months as you're implementing those, you want to come back and talk to us about potentially tweaking your implementation plan, we're really open to that. So I think from the perspective of a really helpful and, you know, a friendly auditor to come in and say, we're going to look closely at you. We're going to say some things you might not always be comfortable with, but we're here to try and help you improve your, your business and your service to Victorians. So, you know, that that's, that's a real a real positive from my perspective.
0: Jane, how long have you yourself been in the role as CEO at the Foundation?
1: Uh, I think I've been about almost two and a half years now, Chris. I had sort of a, a year in the office, shall we say, and then I've yeah, had sure. uh, the better part of a year in my front room. And now we're slowly, slowly starting to get into uh a little bit of hybrid uh, hybrid working i was in the office for example all day yesterday wearing a mask which isn't much fun of course but um yeah i started sort of early 2019 so it's been really really I, I, i've not been involved in this sector before i've done a range of roles in government but it's a really interesting complicated sector um, and you know the vast majority of victorians who gamble do so recreationally without experiencing harm. There's a very small percentage that experience very serious harm. And there's a lot of other people along the spectrum where perhaps harm is not, you know, that you lost your superannuation or your house or your marriage, but harm might be you had big losses that caused you stress. Uh, You've got other issues in your life that lead you into gambling. So getting to better understand those complexities, it's been a fascinating journey.
0: And it seems to me a big challenge you've taken on. So I wonder when you have a moment to stop and consider where you've come in the last uh, couple of years, do you feel like you're making progress?
1: I I do, to be honest. I think, um, as we discussed at the top, I think the Royal Commission into the casino operator Uh, is a really great opportunity for us to work with the Commission to, as I said, try and change people's understanding of what harm from gambling can look like, get people to better understand that that spectrum of harms that exists, we believe, and the research is quite clear that that demonstrates. Um, I, I do think also in the discussions we have with... Uh, children through our Love the Game sporting program where we get these fantastic AFL identities and others and community sports people to talk about the dangers of sports betting uh, and to get away from gambling revenues. So most recently Melbourne Football Club announced they're one of our partners, they're getting out of gaming for, for good. These send strong messages into the community that actually, you know, sport, betting, gambling, these shouldn't, things should not be naturally associated. And I think with the amount of advertising that's out there, that's a really important and and constant message we have to try and give to young kids especially. So, look, I think I think we make progress. I think it's also, as is often the case in a public health environment, it can be slow progress. I mean, you know, the, the discussions about the risks of tobacco started in the 1930s and 40s. We probably didn't get there until the, the 80s. Um, so I think we're on a long journey. Good comparison.
0: Shane, uh, thank you. Congratulations on the work you do. I know it's highly valued the relationship between your foundation and the VLGA as well. Um, And thank you for your time on the program today. We hope you enjoyed that look back on one of the highlights of the year 2021 on VLGA Connect. There's more to come from our summer series, Best of Collection. I hope you can join us again soon.